0: You are listening to the Aesthetic Vibes podcast, and I'm your host, Amy. I have a background working in a corporate environment for over 15 years. I'm a doctor, a lecturer, a lawyer, and a published author. This podcast is a look inside my brain. I cover relevant and totally irrelevant topics, ranging from self-help and advice to the spooky and scary, a little bit of true crime, mental health. I also like to tell some stories along the way. My goal is to spread aesthetic vibes whilst discussing these topics. Okay, with all that being said, let's hang out. Welcome to today's episode. I hope everybody is well. It is Saturday afternoon here in Sydney, again, uh, 30 degrees, and I've decided to record slash film. Job done. We've spent the last couple of episodes diving into that mindset of the better me and learning a little bit about depression and um, the things that I'm taking a stand against in 2023. I want to kind of shift gears, talk about something a little bit lighter. I guess it's lighter. Um, it's just different. It's not in that particular series. I'm seeing an awful lot of scamming or scammers or people being impacted by scammers. So I wanted to do a little analysis on scammers and just talk a little bit about some of the things you need to know. Um, A couple of stories. I've had multiple attempts and a bunch of other stuff so I'll share that. And it's quite common. And I think it's only going to get more and more common that people are trying to scam us out of our money. So each year millions and millions and millions of dollars are lost to scammers. In Australia, for the nine months, the first nine months of 2022, um, about half a billion dollars was lost to scammers. And that's only those that are declared what they've been scammed out of. So there's probably a whole stack of others in there that are maybe smaller amounts, um, but that was probably the, the bigger amounts of it. Anyway. In 2021, Australians lost close to $2 billion to scammers. We are seeing scammers getting more and more savvy and smarter and smarter and able to do things that lead us to believe that whatever it is we're doing is with a legitimate individual. I remember when... Predominantly there were email scams and they still have these, but these were these emails that you would receive that said, you know, um, you've won $2 million in the the subject line and you'd be like, oh, what is this? Um, And they would somehow get your details out of you and then um, hack your profile or take over your identity rather. And then the other really common one was, oh, I'm from like some random country. I need someone to help me transfer my $2 million out of this country and I'm willing to give you a million dollars for helping me. <laughs> um, and I remember like back back then, back when I was like a university undergrad, um, you'd be like, oh, wow, is this legitimate? <laughs> because this stuff wasn't common, right? <laughs> I get a lot of these two that I've described, an awful lot of them, because my podcast email address is publicly available. So it is listed publicly. And I know that these scammers scour the internet for publicly listed emails that they can send these emails to. Lucky for me, um, I have inbox protection that kind of filters everything because um, of the, the type of inbox that I use. And so a lot of it just gets filtered and I don't see it. However, every now and then for a laugh, I'll go into the particular folder where all the crap is and just have a read and a laugh because, you know, it's kind of funny. Scammers are becoming scarier and they are posing as legitimate companies. I have received multiple text messages from what appears to be legitimate companies. I mean, one example I had was Australia Post. And I think it came up, I think the one, I think the legitimate one is AUS Post. And this one came up AU Post or something like that. There was one letter different. And it said something like, oh, your package is being detained at this particular warehouse. Click here to have it redirected to you. And I was like, well, I don't know that Australia Post ever sends out links to click on. And I looked at the like the link and it looked sketchy. Like I didn't touch it, but I looked at like the um, the actual website that it was linking to and I was like, this seems sketch. I'm not clicking anything. Not only that, I hadn't ordered anything. So I was kinda like, why would I have a parcel? I haven't ordered anything in a while. Sus, right? <laughs> Let me share some of the different types of scams. And some of these have been around for a while and some of these are new and emerging. So we have phishing and this is where the scammer will use emails, SMS or phone calls. And what they try to do is trick you out of your personal and banking information. So these messages or calls appear to come from actual legitimate businesses and they're often disguising themselves to try to get that information for you and once they do um, they steal your identity and then you're fucked. Not only do they drain all of your accounts um, they go and use all of your government accounts and then they start to create new stuff for you so you'll soon start receiving Uh, bills for credit cards that you now have, (laughs) that you did not have before this. Phishing's a big one. There's family impersonation, which is actually not that old. So I believe this popped up last year, but there's, um, and I received two of these. So it's someone texting you and the name um, comes up as mum or dad and then the text says something like, um, hey, I'm at the shops, I've run out of money, can you just flip me $100 to this account? I'll pay you back when I get home. <laughs> and it actually says, like, mum. So whatever the wherever the phone number is being sent from, they've obviously given it a name, like the, the phone has been given a name and it's going out as mum. So for those who fall for that. Like that, that's a good one. That's really good. And I believe a lot of people have fallen for that going, okay, well, that sounds legitimate. So there's extortion scamming as well. And this is when a scammer threatens to release something, whether that's private information, your banking details or whatever it might be, um, or, or they're going to report you for something that you've done. And then they will say to you, send me the money or your life's over. Um, we've also got investment scams, which is a large portion of where the the lost funds are occurring. And I mean that makes sense, right? Investments are usually large scale. Usually, you know, usually it's very um, it's very broad brush. But ideally, uh, this is where people will prey on your trust. Um, Through your online connections, and they'll you know target ads at you to grow your wealth. You'll see stuff promoted by celebrities or social media friends, and then it'll say, Look, I've got this wealth investment activity, Um, it's a big opportunity, would you like to be involved? And then um, it turns out that a lot of the promotions are too good to be true. You hand over your investment money, and then um, that sort of drops off into a hole, and you never see that money again. So fantastic. Another big one is puppy scams. So scammers are actually using the selling of puppies as a way to obtain money. So what they're doing is they're posing as legitimate breeders and then they're seeking um, a transfer of funds to hold the pet. So, you know, when somebody goes, I want to come and get it and they're like, "Okay, cool, transfer us $500 and we'll hold that pet for you. And then they're disappearing. So we bought um, our puppy dog about uh, just over a year ago, a year and a couple of months ago. um, And... I was concerned because I'd seen a few of these. And so before we committed to anything, we checked the breeders' details. We ensured that they were registered as a registered breeder as well. Because there are people that breed dogs and they're not registered, which means they shouldn't be doing it. You can be fined for that, particularly if you're claiming like a a certain pedigree or certain type of pet that's being bred. So, yeah, people are doing that. There's one called the flu bot scam, which is um, happening across mobile phones in Australia. Basically, it's a text message sent to a device with a link and it just says, oh, you know, you've got um, a missed call or a voicemail, click here. Or maybe um, there's parcel delivery and you've got to select your options, Pick, uh, click here. If you click on the link, it will install automatically malware and viruses onto your phone. People often will be like, oh, Apple phones, iPhones can't be hacked. Everything can be hacked. Everything. Yeah, wrong. Do not click on anything. You'll download something and then your phone's fucked. So there's the romance scams. I think we're all very familiar with these. But, you know, uh, online dating scams where a scammer will lure someone else into a relationship They kind of invest. It's a big investment to do these types of scams. You you've really got to be conversing with someone regularly, having the right conversations. Um, But basically, you know, they'll start asking you for money for different things, whether it's an emergency or whatever it could be. And then they might say to you, "Oh, I need money to come and visit you." Then you know, once they're sort of seeing this regular pattern of income, they'll take all of that money at a certain point and bounce. I do remember seeing one of these on Doctor Phil. It was quite a few years ago now, but basically there was this elderly woman and she was claiming that she was dating Post Malone and... she was like oh we're so in love and you know we've never actually spoken on the phone but we text a lot and we communicate via social media he's really busy because he's always on tour and then Dr Phil was like I can pretty much guarantee that you're not talking to Post Malone have you sent him any money and she's like yeah he was short on funds at one point so I, I sent him some money and then he wanted to know that I wasn't out to take his money so he asked me for money that he'd pay back later bro. (laughs) First, no. Second, no. Third, no. Post Malone's not short of money. (laughs) He's never going to ask you for money. He's the type of guy that hands people money, like fucking just willy-nilly. Everyone in her life was like, you're insane. That's not Post Malone. She was adamant, completely adamant, but she was being scammed. (laughs) It was funny because I was surprised when I saw her and she was like significantly older. And I'm like, how does she even know who Post Malone is? And then um, she said something like, oh, he likes older women. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I remember just watching the app and just being like, what? What? <laughs> and then remote access scams. These ones get me. I don't understand why people allow this, but this is basically someone calling you by the phone, uh, posing as a legitimate organization, company, whatever. And then they say to you, oh, in order to be able to uh, complete this request, we're going to need to remote into your laptop. And then they go and they get your IP address, they remote in, and then they ask you to do things like log into your bank account. And basically they take all those details and then later on they log in and take all your money. No business at any point in time is ever going to remote into your laptop. None, none if there is a business that needs to do that for a legitimate reason i would still not be letting them it like let's just say i had something wrong with my computer and apple said we're gonna remote in i'd say no you're fucking not and i'd grab it and i'd walk into an apple store and i would say let's fix this here i would never let anyone remote in it used to remote in at the bank whenever you had it problems That's fine. They'd give you a warning before they remote it in and say, please close any confidential documentation. Are you comfortable with me doing it? But it's a completely different thing because that laptop belonged to the organisation. My personal laptop will never be touched by someone remoting in. I would never willingly give anybody access to that. There's advanced fee scams where um, people are asked for an upfront payment or money transfer And the scammers will often say to you, "Um, I need certain money to go somewhere. I'm going to send you a heap of money, but I need you to show me that you're legitimate first. And then you never see money, (laughs) the money. There's the old lottery scam, which is um, an email, a letter. I think I've seen text messages as well. Uh, basically it's you know an overseas lottery or some sort of sweepstakes and they've said you know you've won an excessive amount of money uh you may need your details to send you all the money A Awful lot are Nigerian scams and that's the um we'll take your confidential information that you've given us and we will go ahead and use that to steal your identity and create new shit in your name And then there's Money Mule, which is basically sending you money for that money to be transferred to somebody else as a favor. They look like they've transferred you the money, you then transfer it and then the money goes back to them and then your money is already gone to the next person, which is probably the same person. (laughs) So yeah, they're everywhere. And what's worse is they're making it really hard for legitimate businesses to do their jobs. I had a call from Medicare, which is the Australian healthcare organisation, if you like, part of the Australian government. I, I was waiting on a refund on a medical uh, service that we'd had, and it was quite sizable. So I was at the supermarket when they called, and um, the, the woman on the other end of the phone, she kind of identified herself, but I was still a little bit sketched because she was like, oh, it's blah, blah from Medicare. Um, I want to talk to you about this. I need to confirm your details. And I was like, why would you need to confirm my details? If you're from Medicare, you're part of the Australian government, you have my details. Um, Turns out she just needed to confirm because the uh, refund was so large, she just wanted to confirm that it was going to go to the right account. My account details hadn't changed because um, once it's gone, it'd be very hard to get back. She said, look, Are you comfortable doing this? Me right now. She said a lot of people aren't. If you're not, call back on the Medicare main line and get put through to the team um, to to kind of follow this up. So I did exactly that. I was like, I'm not confirming shit over the phone. (laughs) There's no way. That's what I did. I also worked for a bank going back a few years ago. Largest bank in Australia. The bank had these really good, sophisticated internal... Um, emails. And so what they would do is they would pose as legitimate companies that are external sending emails about stuff to staff members. You'd often get stuff that is coming in um, from external. So what they would do with these emails is they would put um, random stuff in there like oh, uh, just confirming two thousand dollars to be taken from your credit card. Click here to verify or whatever it might be. So you get these um, emails and you're like, I never booked a holiday. If you clicked on it, it would take you to a web page that had a man and a fishing rod with a fish on the end of it that said, "We caught you," and then you would be sent e-learning modules (laughs) on appropriate (laughs) cybersecurity. So it was literally like an internal scam and the organization was just trying to trip up anyone who wasn't following procedure, which is a really smart way to do it. And people would be, like there'd be some people, they'd be good as gold. And then other people would be like, fuck, I just got stung by it. But the funny thing was, you'd never know when they were doing it because they wouldn't just flood a whole stack of emails out. They would do this sporadically and they would pick different people from different places within the bank. So they would never just go. So I worked for um, the share trading area for a while. They would never just go all of share trading email they'd pick maybe a couple of people and they go to another division they'd pick another couple of people so it was completely randomized and it wasn't like you knew or someone could give you a heads up and it was done at any point in time so yeah if you ever got that little guy with the phishing thing you'd just be like fuck all right well i gotta go and do a whole heap of e-learning modules now so <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> I had PayPal call me a couple of weeks ago. The guy was really hard to understand. And um, he was like, oh, um, it's such and such from PayPal. You ha- I have to confirm with you the $1,000 charge. that's on your PayPal account. And I was like, okay. And I'm asking questions. And I'm like, what's the transaction for? He's like, oh, we can't see. So anyway, um, I kind of let him talk for a little bit. And there, I got to the point where I was like, look, I don't have a PayPal account. So you've not called the right person, um, or you're a scammer. And I don't have a PayPal account. He starts screaming at me, screaming, this is why I'm calling. And I'm like, bro, don't speak to me like that. And he's yelling. He's like, you need to listen to me. And I was like, oh fuck, I'm not listening to you. So I literally unleashed on his ass and said to him, if you ever call here again, you're going to have big issues. Um, hung up the phone Like if you are trying to scam someone, the least you can do is be polite because any legitimate organization is never going to allow their customer service representatives to speak to you in that fashion. That's a huge red flag. If they start losing their patience and yelling, sorry, wrong, wrong. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Then, about a week after that, they um he called me back again. And I just unleashed. I was just like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Very colourful language. <laughs> the latest one's really good, though. The one that's the family impersonation. I got one the other day that said, hey, mom, <laughs> I need some money um, because I am at wherever the person was. I can't even remember where they were. And I'll pay you back later. So it was very much like that one I described. Except I was the mum. And I was like, uh, and it came from like a random number. Like it it was just a random number and they were like, hey, mum. And I was like, what the hell? I don't have children. So for me, I was like, what the fuck? Like, come on. So yeah, I'm no one's (laughs) mum. So don't. I don't have a kid. I don't have kids. I have pets. So yeah, nice try, assholes. It's super important to never hand out personal details or send money and all that stuff like you have to be so vigilant you have to listen out for this stuff they're getting so smart never just agree to anything like none of that shit right so it they're even more sophisticated so going back a few years ago my husband's identity was kind of stolen uh I say kinda because this this was probably one of the smarter scams that I've heard of Um, And I don't think he works for a big company. I think this was his day-to-day. And so basically, it it was really, really scary. So the story is that there was a guy going around the suburbs, which is where where we live in Sydney. Our area was picked and we're a really big area and there's a lot of diversity in who lives in our area and stuff like that. So anyway, not the point. What he was doing was going from letterbox to letterbox, looking for small-sized parcels or maybe envelopes that maybe had something small like a package like very small we managed we actually had one in our letterbox I'd bought some new septum rings and so I had a couple sitting in an envelope we just hadn't gotten to it and he got to it first so he took it out of the letterbox and he brought it to our front door knocked on the door I, I don't know where I was, Sean, my husband, answered the door and the guy said, hey, I've got your package and he had a fluoro vest on. So Sean's like, delivery guy, makes sense. And he had a clipboard and he said, um, here's your package, but I need your date of birth to be able to give this to you. And Sean was like, oh, okay, that sounds legit. Gave his date of birth. Wasn't legit. So about an hour later, his phone is no service and he's like, what the hell? And he said, like, have a look at my phone. And I'm, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe you're just out of service. Like, I'm still in service. It was kind of like that for a little bit. And then we called Optus, who's our phone provider, via my phone. Turns out that the guy had taken all of Sean's personal information. He'd gone to each of the, communi- like the telecommunication providers, worked out where we were, had gone in, posed as him, given his details over, and then gotten new sim cards to port the number to a new phone he basically took over his phone number and then put a sim into a new phone and and butter bing bada boom off it's it, like he had everything of Sean's like he didn't have um all of the like data and stuff but he had um access to the phone um the phone number itself we spent um all weekend he was porting and then we were reporting back And we put alerts on the account with the telecommunications provider Optus. We put um, secret passwords on. But this guy, every time he stepped into a new Optus store, managed to give the information and convince the phone provider to transfer the number again. So this just went on for days and days. I ended up calling them. I was irate. And I said, we need, like, this has to stop right? This has to stop. We, we can't keep doing this back and forth. Probably the scariest thing was, um, there was a point where he'd, the scammer had ported the number. Then he'd gone obviously onto all of the banks and was, uh, seeking password resets on the online banking systems because he had his phone number, his name, his address, and his email, he was able to get so far, he was clicking on reset password in an effort to get the reset to then get into the account. And as he was doing that, we ported the number back to Sean, and we got password reset request come up on his phone. And he was like, holy fuck, he's just about into our accounts. So at that point, Optus were like, oh, there's not a lot that we can do. You know, we've got all these notes on the account. We can just try the best that we can to to stop it occurring, but there's no guarantees. So I ended up saying to them, transfer that phone number into my name, remove everything that's identity related to that and make it all me. And then we rang up the bank and we were like, you need to take Sean off all of our banking information. You need to reset his um, ID. Like he needs a new customer ID number and you need to lock his access to everything. So even if he'd somehow gotten the number, everything was blocked and Sean was not able to access anything. Not only does he not have a phone number that belongs to him because it's still in my name, (laughs) But he had no no banking stuff. Uh, like he <laughs> had access to nothing for ages until we got it all sorted and we put. Um Uh, security stuff on the account at the bank and we went through to the security team and they were like yeah we often deal with this don't stress we can put all protections in place we can prevent anybody else accessing it they put notes on there like if a male rings if a female rings she has to give you this password like heaps of notes and stuff so I worked at the bank so thankfully it worked out scary scary because he would have got into our account accessed the savings that we had potentially the the money that we um paid on the mortgage that was kind of paid in advance like there were just so many opportunities for him to take everything that we'd work so hard for so yeah that was scary and as a result like Sean won't speak to anyone about anything now like somebody calls about something legit and he's like nah don't buy it. <laughs> You'll be happy to know he does have access to our bank account- bank accounts now. But it was, it was touch and go there. I remember I was at work and I was so angry. I had to go and step into like a, um, we had these little, um, soundproof pods. <laughs> I was in this pod room and I was like going crazy. And I remember the girl at the phone provider being like, oh, um, I don't understand why you're so angry. Like, you can't be as angry as you are. And I'm like, are you fucking joking? This guy has nearly gotten into our bank accounts and you're, you're sitting there being all like, can you just not be so angry? Bro. Anyway, this shit totally blows my mind. I laugh about it now because you have to because it is so common. You've just got to remain on your toes. There are all these TikTok accounts that exist to either prank scammers... Or expose them. And this is where it gets even more interesting. The prank accounts spend a lot of time wasting scammers' time. So they will often, you know, send them on wild goose chases. They'll end up, you know, saying things that aren't true or acting super confused. And and they're quite hilarious to listen to. And you'll hear the scammers just getting angry and angrier because they're like, okay this person's wasting my time but they never usually hang up they usually just keep on at it so i saw one and I, I don't understand the scam but there was something to do with a gift voucher and the gift voucher had to be transferred into from the scammer to the consumer and then the consumer had to send it back to the scammer i assume it was because they i i don't know i don't know the ins and outs of it anyway There was one, um, and one of the things the scammer was saying that was super important was, do not click redeem. The voucher has to go to you and then back to me and do not click redeem. And so there was a girl and she was like, no problems, no problems. And then she got the voucher, she clicked redeem. And she said, okay, so I've clicked redeem. And the (laughs) scammer went fucking AWOL. Because it actually put a stop to the scam and the money went to the pranker. And the scammer was irate, screaming, why did you do this? Why did you do this? I'm going to be in so much trouble. Why did you do this? So ultimately, the pranker stole $500 from the scammer, (laughs) which I thought was great. (laughs) so i enjoy those i think the pranks are quite good gives them a little taste of their own medicine but the exposing accounts this is something else right so the exposing accounts are dedicated to truly exposing these these organized organizations that are set up as like call centers for example so what these exposers are doing is they have hackers or they are hackers themselves. And what they're doing is they're when they're allowing the scammer to access their computer, they're actually obtaining the scammer's details. And hacking into their computer. And they're also hacking cameras. So once they hack the computer, they find out where they are, they're then hacking cameras in the buildings that they're situated in. And then what they're doing is, you know, partway through the scam, the the exposer will say, Your name is blah blah blah, is that correct? And the scammer would never have given that information. And the scammers are usually like, Oh, uh, uh uh, yes. And they're like, okay, great. You have two kids. One's a girl, one's a boy. You live here. You're currently in this building. You're working on the seventh floor. You're sitting closest to the window. And these people will shit themselves. Absolutely shit themselves. Because they, they've got the... Like, they're actually watching them. There was one where the exposer was saying, oh, you're in this building, you're on this floor. In the office with you right now are the following people and started saying the people's names. They have um, evacuation protocols and basically they executed that. They shut down every single computer. They grabbed all their stuff, left the building, never returned. They actually have like these contingency plans for if they do get caught, if someone finds out their location, It is evacuate, leave everything, somebody will come back and deal with it and get the hell out of there. Like, this stuff is freaking insane. Insane. I like to think that, you know, I got a little bit of street smarts or a little bit of corporate smarts working in banking and finance for over 10 years. You become so cautious of everything and um, it's not just like over vigilance. I think it's like severe paranoia. (laughs) in my case, I'm severely paranoid. I just feel like things are going to get worse and worse and worse for us. I just see them becoming more and more savvy. And look, Optus. (laughs) I've got all the love for Optus. You know, anyone that I choose to put my uh, services through, you know, whatever, But fuck me, for those who don't live in Australia, one of the main telecommunication providers was hacked and customer information for millions of customers were leaked. Certain information, not everything. Um, They've been sending letters out and letting you know what has and hasn't been leaked. Anyway, not cool, guys, not cool. You're making shit worse for us. But the icing on the cake, my bills are paid like in advance um, or completely up to date when they're due. Nothing goes overdue, shit gets sorted. I had like um, my Optus bill come in and it was like one or two days late from me making the payment, which is very, very rare. And I received an email from these guys saying, oh, just a friendly reminder, your bill is due. First thing that went through my head was, I don't think you guys are in any position to be reminding me about a bill I have due when your company is in shambles. Go and sort that out first and foremost. Don't worry about me and my bill. You'll get my whatever it is that I pay every month. You'll get that money. Don't stress yourself. So, look, I wanted to talk just a little bit today about scammers. They piss me off to no end. I just can't believe that people do this for a living, and they can go to bed of a night and they sleep soundly, and they wake up and they can look at themselves in the mirror and think, "Oh, I'm a good person," or "What I'm doing is making a difference." No, you're a fuckwit, and it's not making a difference. It's making shit fucked. Stop doing it immediately. I'm done with it. I'm done with scammers. It's interesting to know there are so many different forms which is the you know the different types I ran through today Um, and I think it's good to know this information because you can keep your eyes open um, and you can kind of keep that suspicious lens on all of the different ways that you could potentially be scammed. wanted to share that today. It's something that's been on my mind. It's been bothering me probably since Sean's stuff was nearly stolen, like his identity and that. We did get a couple of credit card bills, actually. I think we got one from Citibank or something like that. And um, I think we had to call them and we never opened um, an account with you. Oh, that and I also had, so I bought, (laughs) I bought lollies online. Yeah, I bought, um, I'm sure it was lollies. And then But I always use my credit card when I buy online because the liability of a credit card sits with the bank because it's borrowed money. Whereas if you use your debit card, the money is actually physically your money. So if it goes, it's very hard to get it back. So I always use my credit card because it's bank money. So they're not like, that'll go through as a chargeback, which means it's not your problem. It's the bank's problem. I bought Lily's online and somebody obviously took my information and went to office which is i don't know if you guys everywhere have this but it's like a um, office supplies store and they bought like a whole stack of like <laughs> mac computers <laughs> And then um, I actually got a call from the bank saying, hey, have you just gone and maxed out your credit card at Officeworks? This seems like suspicious behavior. And I was like, no. And they (laughs) they were like, "Okay, excellent. We've identified fraud. That's the other thing. A lot of these sophisticated, really big banks have um, incredible fraud detection. So sometimes, you know, you do get an SMS. It's like, oh, did you just make the following transaction in America at this point in the state of blah 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 I'm like no I live in Australia <laughs> that didn't happen so yeah anyway pointed today just wanted to share some fun stories just my advice is trust no one if it sounds sus it likely is if it sounds legit it's probably sus so just like be super careful be super super careful Uh, so yeah my final words trust no one i'd be interested to know like i feel like now that i've reflected i've had a lot of potential scamming i've had an awful lot i didn't think there was that much but it's just something that's been on my mind um i was helping with a legislation review for a particular legislation in new south wales to do with fraud and looking through case law from the last 20 years and it's fascinating because a lot of these organized crime, like syndicates, never really get caught. It is your random individual in an organization who makes a dumb decision, or it's someone in a position of power making terrible decisions. But these organized organizations don't often get caught, and that's the piece. That's the really sucky piece because I guarantee you, the guy who was trying to get into our accounts, he's never been caught. unless somebody has um, video like surveillance, we had to go to the police station as well and like log it as a police report thing. Because that's the only way that you can kind of get your money back if it's if your money's taken. anyway that's all for me today a little bit of a step change be careful be careful um we'll be back to regular topics later in the week in the meantime you can hit me up on my socials uh, i have an instagram aesthetic vibes pod you can email me at aesthetic vibes podcast outlook.com if you're a scammer do not email me i do not want to see your emails i'm sick of them i'm sick of them can visit my website at aesthetic visit my tiktok dr ames kelly if you're listening and you want to view you can access my podcasts exclusive to spotify aesthetic vibes podcast um that's probably it so until next time bye guys